Why do I have to explain Garanimals every time it comes up? Is it a Philly thing? Uh, that's your that's your role on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> you it explain the old guy a, things. It was a line of kids' clothes, and the tags had little animals on them, and the kid could match the animals. So it was like tiger pants and a tiger shirt. Or, you know, the panda shirt and the giraffe pants didn't match. They didn't go together. Oh. Really? Okay. God, God, I hate that's, you yeah, guys. That's great. Sorry. Such, a, such an insight. Right. Well, uh, hang on. I'm looking up. It went over right over my head. Uh, it'll it'll land soon. I uh, hate just you give guys. it some time. Welcome to episode 23 of the Disaster Dads. Uh, we're glad that you're here to join us and um, look forward to sharing with you our topic of the uh, two weeks. I guess I can't. Topic of the week doesn't really work. Our topic of the bye week that we'll have because uh, this week we don't have a topic. So uh, before we get too far into that. Uh, so just stop listening now. Just stop listening. You know, <laughs> fast forward yeah. till the end and then you'll be good. But. You're gonna miss all the good stuff in the middle because we actually are our best when we're unplanned. That's how, that's how we work well. Um, so if you want, <laughs> so if you want to uh, uh, give us additional topics, we actually have topics lined up. This didn't. Act, I, I'm, I'm making some stuff up right now. Um, uh, you hit could, us up you could blame just, me on this one. I, I dropped the ball while dude. I was. Uh, we will blame Frank for a lot of things, not just no, this it's one. Fa- no, it's Father's Day. There's no. No prep required That's on Father's true. Day. This is our all day. Right. We can do whatever the hell we want. So Thanks, Dan. All you haters. Can you, can you tell my wife that? That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> hell no. I'm scared of your wife. Yeah. Of As am I. Uh, to, uh, she'll, she'll listen. She'll, she'll hear listen. it, right? Yeah, it'll be fine. Our wives listen to this show, don't they? All of them? No? Sure. Right. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> the, the most that my wife has been involved in the show was the three minutes that just happened before we started recording. That was the longest I think she's been involved with this show. So, Three minutes, you're being generous. Well, I know. <laughs> Added extra That's, zero there. That I'm going to stop before this goes. There's not the box <laughs> you, to check for blue. There's just going. the ex- explicit box, but there isn't the blue box. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, to let us know how bad our jokes are, because you're going to get a lot of dad jokes tonight, uh, hit us up at <laughs> disasterdads.com. Also, visit us on the... Uh, Twitter's at Disaster Dads or on the Facebook at Disaster Dads. Very easy to do. And uh, give us a comment on our um, iTunes and our Google Play page. Uh, we're always looking for more listeners. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for um, all the earlier comments to you know boost us up. And we have gained a couple listeners each month. And so looking forward to continue that growth. So Because we do enjoy talking to each other, but we enjoy talking uh, at and with the, all of you as well. So uh, keep it up. Uh, with that, I do want to thank um, uh, Rob, Dan, Frank, and Joe for joining me for th- this episode. Uh, I'm just going to call this until we actually get deeper into it. This is just going to be the Disaster Dad rant episode. Um, you know, there's been a lot that has been happening within the Disaster Dad's lives, uh, personally and professionally, in the past couple of weeks. Um, and so, uh, it's, I mean... We all pay attention to it professionally, Dan. This is when a visual medium would come in handy. I get the quizzical bearded head turn in the upper right quadrant of my 
my screen, and so I, I need to explain this to our listeners that Dan is, this is confused. The only time, this is the only time in my life I've ever been described as far right, but go ahead. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll memorialize this, and you can bring it up to other people, show, you, show that you're yeah. not biased. You are being called far right. Just you just go. shake your phone or, or your iPad, and the, the squares will readjust, and you'll you'll come more right. to center. It's okay. <laughs> Um, but so we just thought, you know, we chat about some of the things that have been happening um, that have been of interest to us. Uh, and uh, just, I mean, mainly just have a chat about because ne- we've all been texting about some of the stuff, but we haven't really had a chance to do too much talking about it. So um, we wanted to kind of just get in on that and, and pick each other's brains. And we thought we'd bring you all along for the journey as well. So um, the, the first thing that is kind of big in our world and probably in a lot of people. Well, it is in a lot of people's, but you know, our, as you all know, the dads have a background in emergency um, response and firefighting and EMS and the, the recent tragedy in, in London with the, um, the Grenfell tower um, uh, fire is something that, you know, there was something else that happened that day. We'll talk about a little bit later, but you know, from, from our perspective, a high rise building like that to, um, you know, to have something so so horrendous happen to it, and um, you know the the stories that we've been reading and hearing about it afterwards, kind of what happened, the number of people, and some of the some of the stories of heroism from the different either first responders or others that were in the um, you know in the area that that got in there to help out. Um, but then you also get some of the stuff about the you know I don't know the the lack of attention to you know, the emergency response framework within an area and cutting of funds and things that things that happen during, you know, budget crunches and, you know, taking money from here or there does actually have a real world impact. It's not just a, a paper impact to save money on a couple of things. And so that's that's coming out as part of the discussion regarding this too as well. Um, I think and some someone correct me if you've heard different I think the the last I saw was uh, where's my notes? It was 58. The, the, 58 right. was the last yeah. I heard too. Yeah, yeah. 58 missing, um, missing people still. So, uh, I that's just still the number of people that have not been been accounted for. So, there was earlier in in the incident. I was a surprising. You know, you expect to hear a large number of fatalities associated with it. I mean, it was a 25 story building. 24. 24 story 24. building. 24. Um, so I expected to see a lot higher number of fatalities earlier on, but uh, surprisingly, they did they did pretty good about getting out with doing what they needed to do. But um, as it's as the fire's been going down and they're able to get safety in there so that they can get up to uh, different floors to do a, a room by room search, um, right now they're at, at 58 missing. So um, I just I mean. Anyone can anyone can pipe in here, but I just I found it amazing. Yeah, I mean, it went so quickly, and there's stories. It was about half an hour that the the fire may have been kind of churning along, and then caught into the uh, what do they call it cladding into the cladding to go up, and then the systems kicked in. But then there was a delay. Just, so I mean, any comments from anyone? I mean, I'm just kind of rant. Um, yeah, I mean, right this now. is a really complicated story. I mean, it's it. It's gonna be. There's a lot we don't know yet, as Eric said, in terms of the mechanism of ignition, how it spread, 
there's a lot of just technical stuff we don't know yet. There's also a lot of, for lack of a better word, sort of political questions that are at play here too, because this was sort of the the, the British version of low income housing, I think, or at least within yeah, the government government owned housing, yeah. right? And you know, class issues in in England and Britain. Um, have always been very pronounced. It's been a big political issue. Um, and, and you're seeing, I think you see a lot of that, um, a lot of the motions around that aspect yeah. of it as well. Um, and some of the sort of on-scene reporting and some of the responses from folks that lived in the area in terms of upkeep of the building and, uh, whether materials used in various projects were up to code, et cetera. And so, you know, it's, I, you know, I think we're trying to be a little careful here because there's so much we don't know yet, um, just on a technical level. Uh, but at the same time, while we find that interesting, you know, we also want to be sensitive to the fact that this is a huge tragedy that impacted a lot of people. Uh, and is going to have, I think, probably very serious ramifications for some public policy issues beyond just the fire service in in London, but even in Britain in in general. Um, so I think I, I think that's that, that that's part of what I'm seeing out of this. Yeah, I happen to be in London about 12 hours after the um, fire happened. Um, yeah. And it, it was all over the news. It's all any news station in, in London was talking about. And um, one of the things I did notice is that people that did survive, that lived in that building, who were able to get out, most people in, in the area were pretty furious with um, the, the government for, um, as we mentioned earlier, lack of resources um, and things like that. But... Um, I noticed that um, as we were leaving, um, getting ready to leave London, the the Queen was actually at one of the um, uh, shelters that was ho- um, hosting some of the families that lived in that building. Um, so it was it was pretty big. It was big enough for the Queen to 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 get out and to to meet with families and to pay her respects and stuff like that. So it was it was big. And like I said, that's all people were talking about for um, the forty eight hours we were there. Yeah. I mean, and rightly so it's, I mean, it's, uh, there, there, I think there were other towers like that, that were built around the times of, you know, early seventies. There was, but there's a lot of issues here. There's no, uh, there was no centralized alarm system that I read in there in the building and then no sprinkler systems in a high rise, you know, apartment complex, which, you know, is, is hard to, it's hard to fathom that that could, but in the seventies, that wasn't part of it. That wasn't part of the design build. And, you know, people need housing, the buildings there. And, and it's, it's also one of those things where you like, are we really going to need it? And then when you need it, you need it. Yeah. So yeah. the, the talk of the, the lack of resources, you know, so, and forgive me, I didn't, I didn't pay close attention to this news story because like we said, there was multiple news stories coming out today. And I, I felt like, you had you could only pay attention to so much, but getting to this of what I know and don't know. So the building was built back in the seventies, am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So uh, now when we talk about yes, nineteen sixty-seven construction was approved in seventy seven. Yeah, you're right. Early seventies. Okay. Yeah. Early seventies. So now when we talk about lack of resources, now 
is it the the lack of resources from the alarm and sprinkler systems, or, or was it the modern day like personal response resources of um, you know victim uh, victim assistance or, or just initial fire response assistance? I, where I, I where was the drop in the the lack of resources that that's being talked about? I well, I mean, I don't know all of it. I think um, you know. I think that there's multiple levels that people are talking about, Rob. Yeah. First is just in terms of generally just sort of the, the budget for upkeep of the building okay. at large was um, something that was being complained about, uh, according to some news reports that I saw. Um, I didn't see anything, but as we'll get to, you know, there was another story that I was paying a lot of attention to this week as well. Um, I did not see anything about like a problem in terms of like fire brigade response. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd read something early on that just said it was, it was good, but it was a little bit delayed because there weren't as people nearby because they closed some, uh, uh, some of the stations in that nearby yeah. area, but, okay. it, no, that, but okay, it was, so it was more of an, it was more of used as an overall discussion about, uh, cut back a number of, uh, firefighters and then police services, um, specifically in areas where there's a high density population, there weren't as okay. many as there had been, um, should have been. Right. Okay. So that's, that was one of the things I was wondering about with the lack of resources. Cause you know, we hear a lot about you know, bigger cities and I grew up in Philadelphia. So a lot of bigger cities will have, you know, they call brownouts where they'll shut down a station for a day or, you know, or they close stations permanently reduce yeah. staff. I don't know if that was part of, if that goes on in London as well, um, with it all. It's so it's unfortunate. There's there's good and bad, you know, of the, the of the elections that had happened, because I think the good is people will be talking about the elections and the you know what had happened based on previous political stuff. But I think it's also going to get lost in the elections because they just it was like, what, five or six days before the fire it was when they um, had the parliamentary elections, parliamentary, right. parliamentary elections, Par parliamentary. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, there's there's a whole lot of politics involved in it now too, which always makes things go smoother every time. So that was sarcasm, guys. If you you missed it, it was awesome. Yeah. Sorry, we're actually having a serious discussion for a change. Was, <laughs> sarcasm was kind of yeah getting checked at the door. But, but there was the other part of just um, uh. If one of my old instructors had talked about the the what was it, the balloon framing of a home and how if a fire gets into some of those walls they'll just go flying right up to the top and just start to eat the house apart. Um, that's how I picture how this building was built and how it's described as some of the construction of the the cladding. There was a there were some gaps in the walls that allowed the fire to just it started on a lower level and it just just flew right up to the top. And so it started burning from the top and the bottom and then kind of in on itself. I mean, think about this. You're, I mean, put yourself in this scenario, whether it's a high rise hotel or something, you're staying on like the 24th floor. There's a fire on the fourth floor, right? Yeah. That's where they believe this started much on a very low floor. Yeah. Yeah. Think about within 25, 30 minutes, there's fire on your 24th story window. Yeah, I, I, that's mind blowing how fast that fire raced up that building. Yeah. Mind blowing. I mean, uh -huh. and, and and if you are that high, you have 
th- this was a building, well, I think, two elevators and a single center uh, stairwell. stairwell. Yeah. Jeez. So 120 apartments. So your opportunity to get out was so small. It's midnight yeah. when this thing broke out. By 1230, it's off to the races. Um, I, a lot of these people um, didn't stand a chance. Yeah. Which is, you know, obviously tragic. So, uh-huh. I don't know. So, I mean, again, the dads don't have a lot of information on this, but it's something that, you know, we hope to hear more about in the near future. And we hope that can be, you know, not just a, a discussion point and a change in culture, construction, whatever, whatever for the the people of the United Kingdom, but for others as well, because it's not often that you see a high rise building like this go up in a um, metropolitan developed country area. I mean, I, I can't yeah. I can't think of a recent one in my mind, um, uh, and so it's just something you know. I hope there are definitely going to be some key points that we can learn from this, and I really hope that people pay attention and take those. This is definitely going to be a learning point. You know, we can all go back to the fire school of case studies we looked at of of major fires that had happened and the response areas. And coming from an engineering standpoint, this is going to be a case study for decades of engineers to come. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, th- this is going to be sadly, this is going to be the learning experience for a multitude of fields of study. Yeah. In, in across the world. I mean, and there's a there's a whole host of buildings like this across the world because i think it was mainly a cement building yeah uh cement core cement i mean so that's it was it's cheap it's easy it's support so anyways um if you haven't checked it out i would recommend you read up uh on the grenfell tower there's gonna be more stuff even more than what the dads have been able to kind of get because the past couple days it's been all just kind of the same stuff repeated so i'm hoping for more information they've changed over some of the investigation to uh from the locals to the uk um government is now going to be starting to do some of it Uh, also for those interested in how the response efforts go for a fire the um gold silver bronze uh command structure of the united kingdom i've read some stuff on that too um and how the 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 response efforts go so if you're an emergency management geek and want to dig into that a little bit more uh just read on some of that there'll be more i think coming out on that too so um, but the dads, uh, you know, want to extend our, our deepest sympathies to all those that were impacted by it and really hope that some lessons can be learned from this and, um, we'll do our due diligence to kind of keep people updated. <coughs> so any closing remarks on Grenfell from any other one, any other dads? Awesome. We'll put, we'll make sure disaster Frank is on board since, uh, he was the closest to the incident at the time that it occurred. It's now on his docket to pay attention to and keep us updated. <laughs> Got it's it. just how that kind of stuff works. Duly noted. It's how that works. Um, and so we've we've talked about it, and everyone probably knows uh, the other big incident that happened that day was in our backyard, and literally for some of us, it was our backyard for a while, um, was the uh, shooting that took place at the, um, the GOP congressional uh, baseball practice. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, that happened, and it was – you know, information coming hot and fast. And, and it's a, it was one of those things where I, I think it was good to take a step back. There was two, there were big incidents going, you know, 
for us, for in the United States, that took over. That Grenfell was was put aside, and you never saw anything else on it. But it was good to take that step back to realize that Twitter doesn't always have the most accurate information right away. Um, reporters are going to get it wrong at the beginning, uh, you know. So so take everything with your three to four thousand grains of salt and um you know just just pay attention but i mean there was a lot of information coming out and it was it i mean for me i had lived just a a little ways away there and i used to take the dog to that dog park in the mornings or at night and so i was just not only was it a tragic situation but it was something that you could relate to and that doesn't happen that often for me at least so i was really interested in it that way um so i just i watched it in my office and flipped through all the news channels and did what I could follow on Twitter and just tried to keep up to date and, and, um, you know, see what was happening because it was, you know, American politics is very polarizing, but this was one as I think it was, uh, speaker Ryan said, you know, uh, attack on one is attack on all type of thing. And it was, it was nice to see a little, little bit of nonpartisanship going on for a while, but, um, you know, uh, any uh, anyone else want to kind of comment on it or kind of fill in the gaps or do we just want to kind of I mean I can so so for those that don't know um, I, everyone's trying to think who's going to talk or who's going to say what um, <laughs> you know for for those that don't know it was I think there was like 10 people on the field less than um, and uh, an individual came up and you know, started uh, shooting at the the players that were on the field, and um, uh, majority whip Scalise was shot in the hip and went down uh, at second base. And there were uh, two Capitol Police um, um, protect, uh, but they're not just. Cap- there was a different. It was a detail, um, dignitary well, so detail was, members that were the, shot. They are members of the Capitol Police, though. So. Yeah, they are members of the Capitol Police. The detail is called the. It's like the diplomatic protective detail or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and basically, they're the ones that do the they're the guys in suits that do the security detail uh, for leadership and other folks that get that. I think what's what some folks that might not be as familiar with Congress w- might not realize is other than leadership, um, members of Congress generally don't have security details in their average day-to-day life. I mean, if they're going on a delegation somewhere overseas or something like that, then they may, they would have protection. The Capitol complex downtown in DC is very heavily guarded um, while they're in town. But if they're just going out and about um, and, you know, this was a a practice for, you know, from like six to 7 AM for a charity baseball game that's been played for over a hundred years um, between Democrats and Republicans, that's not the kind of thing where you would have a huge police presence. So the fact that, um, as you said, Eric, that Scalise was, is the, is, I should say, it, uh, a majority whip, meaning he's the, the third ranking Republican in the House. He, members of the leadership team for both Democrats and Republicans, House and Senate, do have effectively 24-hour-a-day protection. Um, and so the only reason that those two Capitol Police officers were there uh, was because Scalise was there. Yeah. And the Alexandria Police response time, 
was four minutes to get to from call to arrival on scene, which is not bad at all. No for response time. <clears throat> and uh, it's also given on what the information was that came out to Alexandria, because I think correct. the initial call was for a weapons violation. Correct. Which could just mean, you know, someone called 911 and said, I think there's someone with a gun walking down my street. Right. And that can go a lot of directions. And then it did develop it into stepped up, right it stepped up basically as the first unit was arriving on scene two shots fired i know i think probably all of us nerded out on the audio that a, a former colleague of ours put out of the police response mm-hmm. um and yeah it was not until the uh first couple units arrived that the gravity of the situation started to really come out one thing that didn't surprise me knowing these a lot of the agencies that were involved, but um, the level of calm and professionalism on the radio yeah. uh, for the, the both the dispatchers that are hearing these calls come in and the uh, units arriving on scene were um, pretty remarkable. Uh, again, not surprising to, I think, most of us yeah. knowing these agencies. Uh, but, uh, you know... Very professional, very calm, and uh, and it was a good job. Yeah, and and you know we've talked about it in drills in our former lives and just in the news in general. And the police will. The, the The sad thing is, you know, regardless of victims, when something like an active shooter comes out, and we talked about this in prior episodes, like their main priority, their number one job is to take care of that shooter, not worry about victims. Mm-hmm. Not worry about anything else. So, and that's that's all they did. That's what they talked about, and that well, was it. And the, yeah, the dead, and the, the dead can calm was was impressive. And and I mean, at just a uh, purely sort of technical level, you know, both of those Capitol police officers were hit. They had pistols, uh, and they're across a baseball field from a shooter with a rifle. Uh, that, you know, despite what you see in movies, that's not very good odds. And the fact that they, even after they got hit, uh, you know, stayed in the fight. Uh, one of them kept jumping from one report that I saw, kept jumping out to try and draw fire away after he was hit, uh, is, you know, they've got to realize that the odds are not on their, in their favor at that point fact that they stayed in the fight even after being wounded is really you know speaks to the uh capability and uh toughness of of the folks in the capitol police and and the fact also that um not more people were injured because you've got Mm -hmm. a dozen or so members of congress you've got staff out there who are helping to, to coach them and, and, and work out with them. And then you're at a park in the middle of Alexandria, Virginia, right. where you have kids walking by going to school. You've got people out walking their dogs, people out walking to work, yeah. and you've got bullets flying every yeah. which direction. I mean, and and granted, that, granted, this was 7 in the morning, but you know what? In this area, that's not – No, no. You know, that's that's – Mid-morning. That's regular business hours for yeah, us. Yeah, there's a YMCA. That's what's right next to the, mm-hmm. the um, baseball yeah. fields at YMCA. And then there's a dog park and um, now a soccer field. And now they've built it up and there's a whole ton of 
uh, condos and, you know, one of those, you know, mixed use uh, setups and stuff there. So there's a right. lot, I mean, yeah, people walk into the Metro cause it's right on a route there. So it, you know, you're right, Frank, it, it really could have been much worse uh, if this person, I mean, the listen, the guy that captured it with his, um, with his phone that's hiding behind the, the garbage can in the dog park and just hearing the number of shots that were going on was, was surreal to hear that happening in that part of mm-hmm. that part of uh, Alexandria in that time of morning. So, uh, I, you know, like you said, Dan, and I think everyone else has said, you know, the level of professionalism that was put forward by the, um, the dignitary protection detail from the Capitol police, but then also from the, uh, Alexandria police department that respond, uh, responders that went to it, it was, it was impressive. And, um, you know, I also thought it was, was handled well, um, during the first couple of media interviews, um, Oh yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, Chief Mike Brown for Alexandria is someone I had worked with in one of his previous lives when he worked for the federal government doing, um, you know, law enforcement liaison work and different kind of things. And so he's a no nonsense individual, and it was highly, I appreciated his no nonsense approach to it. Just saying, it was almost comes across as someone told me I had to come up here and, and talk to you. I'm not going to tell you anything, but. You know, I appreciate that you're right. all here and the community's safe. And yeah, go ahead. You can ask. No, not going to tell you that. I'm really not going to tell you anything. And then <laughs> just shut it down. And I thought that was great because it was so early. You still don't have. You, I mean, you say one thing off there, and you're going to, you know, set off a quarter of the population on some tangent, a quarter on another tangent, and then confuse the other half. So I mean, I, I think it was it was smart. They they handled themselves very well in a very high profile national piece of news and they didn't jump into to any sort of you know pond or whatever that they that they shouldn't get into they really they really kept their cool as well and, and handled themselves well in the, in the following media interviews yeah and that was in yeah. the first few hours of after the event happened and i believe the investigation went on until i, I want to say today or maybe last night yeah. um they started scaling down or maybe even completed it so you know, a week long, and they were able to, to re, like you said, shut that down after the first few hours. And I just, mm-hmm. I mean, people always think that if something happens or if you have an investigation, it's really quick. It, you know, I think we're in a society where people think that any sort of investigation is just as easy as a Google search. If you put in, you know, congressional practice baseball shooting and all the hits that you get that's your investigation some people i think think that that's really what it is but no an investigation is much more detailed um you get into it they can take a long time a year maybe two depending on who you're looking into and the number of interests that they're involved in and you know how many special counsels you have to go through it could take a while and so i think it's important to let the process happen and um you know keep it going but i will have to say as much as i rely on using twitter um in in my job on a day-to-day basis i I hate it i absolutely hate it you know (laughs) you you really gotta have a heavy edit on it yeah i'm I'm half a world away and I, i start seeing these tweets pop up and i'm seeing this happen in arlington virginia and first thing is like, that's my backyard. What's going on? And um, I'm thinking, you know, how's my office back at the school system responding and things like that. And then a few minutes later, I realize 
it's actually happened in Alexandria. So for right off the bat, misinformation flying on Twitter, and then the speculation starts. And to read the tweets out there, it really, I got to a point where I just shut the thing off, put my phone away, and I yeah. didn't didn't look back until I got back to the hotel room later on that night and actually looked into it because it was just it, it, it's it's crazy. No, and I mean honestly, it's a great information source, but you have to give it time and you have to realize that when stuff's unfolding. You're not going to have the right. In- you're going to have a gist of what's going on, but you're not going to know what's going on. We're not going to know what's going on for, you know, the backstory or the background or anything like that. I was, you know, when the uh, I I was afraid that the names of the victims, other than uh, Representative Scalise, were going to be announced too early. You know, you have to notify families, all those kind of things. So when the speaker announced it on the floor of the house, I, I at least had. Uh, I felt that at least the families were at least informed. Everybody was, you know, what the situations were and all that. Because I always worry that the media is going to jump out a little bit early and be very good investigative reporters and get the information, but maybe get it out a little quick. Um, same goes for what was it when they? Um, oh gosh, the uh, the San uh, San Bernardino when the media broke into the uh, the accused house and started going through their houses and stuff. Uh, before yeah. the even like law enforcement had gotten all the details yet or whatever, I was kind of concerned about that. Like so they were going to find out who the shooter was, and go, kind of go down that route before there was a chance for law enforcement to kind of do their part part of it. You know, it's not that they're withholding the names because they want to just withhold names. They're being withheld so that they can actually do, you know, their due their, their due job. diligence. Yeah, so they can do their job. Again, so um, I. Th- I hope all of that went the way that it should and we can get a, a better understanding and a uh, kind of, I mean, we'll never know for sure, but we can get a little better idea of what's going on. But I mean, just from, from the dad's perspective, it was our backyard and, and you know, it's, you know, you never want to see anyone be involved in any sort of incident like this, much less, uh, you know, one, I, it's just, it's different when it's in your backyard, I guess. I don't know. It hit me more than some other things. But then there's discussion about how will this impact, because it was a shooting and it was politicians, how will this impact the discussion of things? I mean, and you don't know. I mean, it, it can change on a dime. And, you know, there was always discussion about after um, uh, Congresswoman Giffords was shot, you know, how that was going to change things. And some stuff did change, some other stuff didn't. And so, you know, you have to let it play out. But it's there's always a lot of high emotions that come around after this kind of stuff. So it's, I don't know, again, like with the early tweets on things, just take a breath, sit back and, and see kind of what's all there and, and, you know, kind of multi-source it, I guess, not just one source, not just Twitter, you know, go to right. different news sources or whatever. And if you ever want to talk to anyone about it, always find a friend to have a chat with or start your own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it works out for chats that way too. But so, uh, you know, so that's that's the other big news that kind of happened in the past week. Um, and, you know, anyone have any final thoughts or anything that, you know, again, we, you know, we hope that everyone um, comes out of all their surgeries and all those kind of things. OK, and, and full recovery is going to be made and that we learn kind of more about the motives and kind of what happened there. But, um, you know, so we'll be. We again, as we send our thoughts and prayers with with everyone involved in that. But uh, any other dads have anything they want to add into it or close on on that one? 
I'm getting lots of bearded shakes yeah. of the heads. No, I think so you covered you everything. Hear, you can't I mean, hear Frank shake his head because he got a microphone, so he got rid of that beard. <laughs> Joe's not even looking at his computer screen right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm He's, sorry, what are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> we're going to be rolling into, so the dads are taping on Father's Day. It just worked out that this is the day in our rotation that this is when the taping is going to happen. So, because we've had sort of a slightly depressing first uh, 30 minutes of the episode, just wanted to end on, you know, what we did for for Father's Day, um, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's just a, just a happy thing. So, I mean, I just want to a, say, you know, thanks to my wife and my two kids for a wonderful Father's Day. Um, as I always tell her, I wouldn't be a great father if it wasn't for her and i couldn't be a dad without the girls either so you know this is this is really just a day for me to also highlight the important work that you know the importance that i have for them in my life and all that kind of stuff so it was a good day from that also i have been thinking about this too and i'm going to take you know host privilege to just do this real quick uh the dads know and a majority of the listeners who also know me offline know that I never really had the best of uh, biological father uh, examples as a child. So it's it's guys like the guys on the podcast, you guys, and then all of my you know aunts and uncles growing up that really gave me the perspective of you know that that dad is not just something that's automatically assigned because you're able to procreate, but it's actually a title that's given for doing special things and things and uh, special things and things doing. Doing things to help support youth and and get them to where they need to be and you know I feel like I had great relatives and and supports in my life then but I think you also need good support outside of it and you guys are you know you guys are my new dad in general so it's uh, I just want to say happy Father's Day to you from that perspective and uh, you know it is what it is and, and you guys Hallmark you guys moment. help. It is a hallmark moment, but it's also serious. You know, not everyone has has a has a great you know example. To, man, if if the listeners could see the emojis that are floating <laughs> right now, um, they also run the gambit of uh, emotions. But um, <laughs> we gonna go out and have a catch now? Is that the deal? <laughs> if and we can work on that, we'll try to do that. But so, anyways, yeah, from that I'm, perspective, on, on a on a sappy note, man, I'm with you. Any kind of dad network, and I think I'm in about three of them, from <laughs> these guys to a running group to my neighborhood. Is yeah, you you need some you need some outlets. There, need <laughs> this some is outlets. not an easy job. <laughs> no, you need outlets, but you also need someone that you can that can help either tell you you yeah you're done fucked up and you really need to kind of work on that. Yeah. Or no, you're. <laughs> I I would do that too. Uh, yeah, I'm going. You're going down the right road. I'll back you up on that one. Right. So, yeah. I, I would do that. <laughs> so you guys do that. You're the ones that I'll call on that because you know I'll I'll still call my mom. I'll still ask my wife, but then I'll also ask you guys, which I get different answers from you guys compared to the two of them. But I think that's a good thing. Again, <laughs> I try to get a multi-perspective view on things. So, um, but anyway, so today had a great time. Just remember, kids. we give you the dad answer, not the right answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah um, so that's that's my host privilege i took that one but anyways so today i had good. a great time with all the kids i went in into uh ride a train at burke lake park in northern virginia and it was awesome if you ever take a kid on there and i almost was able to stop by one of the other dads this place because there was a car crash that oh, blocked sh- the only way out on uh, i think it was nice. Lee chapel road and yep. so so 
of course, I wait. I wait. You see all the flashing lights down there. I'm at sort of the middle part of the hill, and I saw the lights as we went down. So I'm waiting and waiting, waiting for the cars in front of me to make a decision. I'm like, okay, they might let us through or not. So one car starts to pull and do the three-point turn. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to do it too. So, But then they backed up real quick. I couldn't see what they saw. There was an ambulance flying down the flying down the road coming from that crash so oh, i was in the middle of a three-point turn blocking the whole road so i backed up real quick got out of the way so they could get by and pull forward to go and here <laughs> yep i uh, took a part of the bumper off as i oh, that. so i was able to actually luckily snap it back on uh, <laughs> it, was, it just unsnapped a couple <laughs> different pieces it was oh, wait. But, which um, car was this the the volvo Okay. The big car. The, uh, the Volkswagen that's already had the That's already major. had the issues? No. No, this is the other yeah. V. So anyway. No, let's go to the other car that doesn't have issues. Let's cause issues with that. <laughs> but it's a Volvo. That's like partly made of Legos. You just click it back together. Yeah, pretty it's much that's what I had to do. But so, so no. So I made it memorable from that way because the whole drive home, I'm going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. How mad is my wife going to be at me? I should have just waited. She's going to be so mad. We're already really late for whatever was going to be next. I, I, so there's a lot of dad guilt on that drive home. But So that's how my day went today. Ended up being great. I got donuts. They opened up a duck donuts nice. near my house. Now that I know that, it's going to be dangerous. So you learn something every day. But that was my day, go. and I want to thank the family for a wonderful time. And so I hope your guys' days were as good as well. And if you want to share... Feel free to share so we end on a happy yeah. note. Well, unfortunately, we're all out of time here tonight. <laughs> uh, still uh, we, we end up turning this Translation, into Joe did absolutely nothing today. Right. Uh, <laughs> I had a backyard picnic with my kids. Aww. I had, which was a lot That's of fun. Sweet. Cinnamon rolls for breakfast, uh, a pie for lunch, diabetes for dinner. It was delicious. <laughs> nice. I, uh, I'm probably the dad that didn't spend time with his kids on Father's Day. I went that route. Nice. Um, yeah. No, we went out to breakfast this morning. Kids uh, surprised me. Uh, and we all went out to breakfast at a local Greasy Spoon, which was excellent. Um, and then the afternoon, the, the neighborhood dads, we all got together. And the, the goal was to go to Top Golf. Oh. Uh, turns out a lot of other people had that idea. So there was a <laughs> two-plus-hour wait. So we decided, you know what? We're in a... We're in a hotbed of microbreweries in this area, so we're going to punch out and uh, hit up some of those. So we, we ended up making a, a brewery day out of it. Um, we loved our golf clubs out with us but uh, and didn't use them, but still, it worked well. Six of us went out and had a good time. So Nice. I uh, appreciate the uh, the hall pass for the afternoon. Um, but we always, our family ends up just making, turning Father's Day into a crazy weekend. I've been... From Baltimore to Ashburn to everywhere in between on this since Friday, so it's been it's been a fun adventure. That's good. Frank, did you actually even talk to your kids, or did you just you got back from your travels and said, "I don't think I know you"? <laughs> he actually said that to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Wait, Mimi and Papa are leaving? They're going home? No, but <laughs> no." He slept in this morning because we're jet lagged and um, had breakfast in the house and then just putzed around and ended up going to the pool for the afternoon. That's all we did. That's a good play. So. That's that's a solid day. I couldn't even go to the pool. It was too damn hot. <laughs> it was nice in the water, though. I bet. Excellent. Good for you. Disaster Dan, 
Any fun activities with the clan? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> this morning I also took my kids to a nearby park, not Burke Lake, but uh, another one close to our house. Um, we uh, we were just walking around. We were trying to feed some ducks. There were no ducks to be fed. Uh <laughs> So they had little rowboat rentals um, that you could take advantage of. So we decided to do that. It was just me and my two daughters. And uh, so, you know, rent the boat, get them in the life jackets, drag the boat out into the water, carry the girls out to the boat to get them in the boat. <laughs> like, Father do the whole this, thing. This, this does not get sound out. like it's going to end well. Like, dripping with sweat. I'm just dying. We get in the, uh, I get in the boat. We paddle out a little ways. Um, we, I row out a little ways. Uh, <laughs> you, you weren't laid then, back with the uh, beer cooler by you, handy, handy no, trail and orange. I didn't have any supplies. <laughs> but uh, so we get out like 10, 15 feet from the uh, the shore, and we can go either sort of right, left, or straight ahead. I'm like, all right. Girls, which way do you want to go? Where do you want to go? And my three-year-old goes, we should go back to our house. (laughs) (laughs) So we did eventually. Uh, I think it was $17 to rent that boat for the day. Oh, that's a a lot of character building that you got to do in that boat. (laughs) We, uh, ours was, uh, I did the math. It wasn't quite a dollar a minute. But uh, it was pretty close. Yeah. Um, my brother-in-law did note that most boat owners play, pay way more than a dollar a minute to enjoy their boats. Right. So you still uh, you still came out ahead. Right. Uh, so that was the morning, and then I had we had um, my brother-in-law and his family. Uh, so all the little cousins came over to hang out today, as well as um, my mother and father-in-law. So we had the whole whole crew over to the house. Excellent. That's awesome. For a barbecue and et cetera this afternoon. That's very cool. I've, Good deal. I've had a couple of those excursions where I do the math. I'm like, God, this is more than a dollar a minute to go do this activity. Like, did we not think of that the kid would, you know, did we really think that they'd like it? It was a, uh, it was a, the National Harbor Ice, you know, where they do all the. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, you know, it's not exactly cheap. It's not super expensive, but it's not cheap. And you go in there. I really thought my kid would kind of be more into it. Nope. She wanted to zip through that thing as fast as she could. Didn't <laughs> want to do the ice slide. Didn't want to wear the cold, the jacket that they give you. So she was freezing the whole time. Yeah, we were, I mean, it was, it almost was closer to $2 a minute to do that little excursion. Yeah. I, I have learned very quickly that there are things you're going to do with the kids that you either get uptight about, you know, minute, minute to dollar ratios or whatnot, or you just, don't look at the receipts and just go and see how it flows. <laughs> That's, That's what much. I felt like Friday. We went up, we took the kids up to the uh, aquarium in Baltimore. That was not a cheap trip. <laughs> no. And I, and uh, I, I bought the tickets in the morning and saw that price. And I was like, anything after today, I don't care. I am not looking. Yeah. I don't care what lunch is. You want a souvenir? Fine. I'm just, and the kids were awesome. As soon as we didn't tell them we were going, we told them we were going to Baltimore, and we pointed out we're like, and it was turned out like, like, wow, what's that building? I was like, oh, the Triangle. That's the aquarium. You want to go? And they're like, yeah. I was like, good. That's where we're going. <laughs> and nice. they were. We walk in the door, and 
Strong dad work there, Rob. By the way, say, uh, there was there was some strong mom work in there too. So it wasn't just me. I was not alone in this planning. Oh, but, boo! <laughs> come on. <laughs> but from, thank you when someone compliments you, Rob. <laughs> I, I I want to get. Hey, I have not been married for twelve years without giving credit where it's due. Okay, <laughs> keep that in mind. But the second we walked in the door, okay. the kids were just bananas. And God help you. Go to the aquarium, just find the part where the clownfish is and let them find Nemo for a good half hour. You're set. I feel so bad for those fish. Manhandled day in and day out. No. Um, wait, what? I feel bad for the what fish. Yeah, what aquarium are you, are you going to? Are you talking about yeah. the one where like, you go and you touch the starfish and do all those things? That's like one small section. I don't. Those fish, I always feel bad for. Starfish are fish, aren't like, they? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think they're so, but that, legumes, but anyway, go right. on. <laughs> I guess they do grow underwater. But that's one section, and they tell you, you know, just just don't touch the face or the tail, and you know, otherwise they bite back. I mean, that's that's why that line is kind of short. <laughs> don't touch the face or the tail. That, I think we have I think we have an episode title, but uh, <laughs> anyway, that actually that's pretty good. Yeah, cool. We we go to the part where you can actually like pet the stingray and. We walk up, and my son looks over. And I was like, God, man, you want to touch it? He's like, nope. Just <laughs> going to look. I was like, smart, kid. smart move. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm okay with that. I support that. <laughs> yeah. There's another section where it's like, touch a jellyfish. I was like, that's a terrible idea. We're yeah. not even going over there. <laughs> yeah. Why would you even do that? What kind of liability uh, insurance do you have for that? I don't know. Apparently, these were the, the stingless jellyfish. I don't know. That sounds like – it just sounded like a terrible idea. It's jello. It's a bowl of jello. Yeah, <laughs> look, I grew I grew up going to the Jersey Shore. You stay way clear of jellyfish. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think no. when you got married, I went swimming in a whole pile of jellyfish, Rob. On yeah, you probably Shore. did. Yeah. That was that was my. Yeah, first you experience you went that. to one of the dirty beaches. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you wow. you went to the dirty beach. For the record, I got married about a mile south of that at the at the very clean, nice beach. So. <laughs> I was young then. I couldn't the, afford the jellyfish. Know the the jellyfish know the boundaries. I, I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how that happens. Uh, but anyways, well, cool. It sounds like a great, wonderful uh, Father's Day weekend for the disaster dads. Not that this is a special week. Every weekend for the disaster dads is wonderful <laughs> with their families. I just put that out there. But um, uh, well, we're glad that uh, I'm glad that you guys had a good time and that the families did and pass on my. My best wishes to all of them, and a happy Father's Day to all of those listening. Uh, again, if you want to check us out, check us out on DisasterDads.com, on the Twitters at DisasterDads, and Facebook at the same. And we panic so you don't have to. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>